I'm trying to remember the name of that movie that we watched that was so funny. Um, the, 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 the airplane movie where everybody gets raptured. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kid's ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Hello, and welcome back to Christ in the Chaos. This is episode two. I'm Kathleen. You probably don't have to say the episode number every time, but, but I'm Joel. But it's like special to me because it's only episode two, so it feels very important. <laughs> Took you a long time to when think When it's on it. episode 133, then I'll stop saying it. Um, we want to start every episode with a family temperature check, and uh, I will start. Um, <laughs> see, now I want to talk about you. The kids are good Dane is in a phase of he has these like phases where he tries to be especially perfect and he is in one of those phases right now and it always worries me a little bit about him but it's also kind of awesome because he just like always gives the toys to Levi and always does what I ask and and gives me lots of hugs and he like it's like comes from a weird place that concerns me but um, it makes the day-to-day -day life easier, so that's kind of where we are. Levi is Levi. and Levi has this phase where he screams as loud as he can all the time. It's called have... every night when he's tired because he doesn't nap. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> a non-napper, and he is a stubborn little dude, and um, like so stubborn. And um, that's the contrast. I heard one time that kids like um, kind of mold around each other. Like the the more out of control one gets, the more... The other one makes up for it to like balance out the family dynamic. And I feel like we're kind of going through that right now um, that Levi's being especially too. And Dane is trying to in some weird way, make up for it. It's called codependency. Get yeah. on board. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Let's see. How am I doing? How oh, are I'm you doing, Joel? Um, I'm actually, I'm a little, I'm a little under the weather. So this week, and actually it's a good, good time to start a podcast when you have a cold. It makes your voice sound like. I sound gravelly and cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so I apologize for sneezing. Um, other than that, things are things are pretty good. I don't think you'll sneeze. You'll uh, probably sniffle a lot. It's a little it's a little rainy here now, which I don't particularly appreciate. Um, I'll take rain over cold. I'm sick of cold. And Levi has decided he doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> Temporarily. He only loves mom. He likes me okay if mom is also there. Um, <laughs> I have to vouch for you. <laughs> Yeah, I tried to. I vouch for you a lot with both of tried them. Tried to take him for a car ride today, and he screamed like I was kidnapping him. Yeah, uh, but you know, things are. To things be fair, are going you well. were literally putting him in the car to make him fall asleep, and he probably has figured us out now that that's what we're doing. They're smart kids. Um, yeah, I would say my temperature is a. Is it like ninety eight point six? Is that a good is normal? <laughs> well, what are we doing? People temperature or like room temperature? Room well, we have a big fight every day about what the appropriate room temperature is. That could be its own episode. Someday, probably, if we're going to do these every week. All right. Let's uh, move along to uh, our topic today. You, did you have more to add there? Nope. Our topic today is TV and movies and kind of media generally. But before we get to today's topic. Oh, yeah, that's right. I do have some follow-up from last week's I topic. I know you guys are all chomping at the bit to hear the follow-up. Oh, my goodness. It was very fun. So after our whole thing last week, talking about... I came across a news article that said 
the title of which is, I can't wait to buy everyone's Marie Kondo'd stuff. And it's an article about how this person is anticipating that all the Goodwills and all the thrift stores are going to be full of all kinds of great stuff. And I just thought that was funny because everybody's Marie Kondoing and, the funny and thing tidying is, up. I feel like Goodwill is never at a like loss for stuff. Like it's probably not good for them. I always feel like they have enough stuff and that like processing it is expensive and that this is actually everybody's like, oh, Goodwill's really. And it's like, well, I think they are getting everybody on my Facebook is is doing some version of tidying. And I'm sure Goodwill is getting a huge influx, but I bet they're just like understaffed for it and are just annoyed. I like especially the individual employees. I always feel bad when I drop off a big load for the individual employees because they don't care that I just donated all that stuff. All right. Okay. now I thought that was fun. Now we can get to your topic. Our topic today is TV and movies, uh, specifically the time we spend watching them and what we've decided to consume as a family. Um, but before we get into like our like philosophy and our rules, I wanted to ask you first, what is your favorite TV show? And it's okay if there's like three, but don't give me seven. <laughs> it's a hard one yeah um, i know i've I, met I, you i was like thinking about like what is my favorite show there's a lot of good shows out right now that i would say are um stubbornly optimistic that i really like um, like the good place adventure time that group of shows i think are, are really great shows to watch just because they're so like keep trying things will be great but if i had to say if i had to pick one like, what do I want to see the next season of in heaven? I'm going to say Firefly. Oh, uh, uh, you went back, back into the catalog. Way back. It holds up. I was kind of thinking modern or like what I'm watching right now. Uh, if I thought it, back into this. Into... Probably Rick and Morty at, right now, even though it is aggressively pessimistic. <laughs> I Well, speaking of uh, aggressively optimistic, I would say if I went back into like the catalog, I think it might be Parks and Rec. I just... That's on my list. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. It makes me feel so good. If I were to go into things that are still being like produced now, um, it would be the Great British, Great British Bake Off. Again, super optimistic, super just positive in so many ways. Amateur people trying new things, supporting each other. Like, it's just great. I love the British Bake Off. And, and like, when a new season comes on Netflix, it, like, almost brings me to tears with how much joy it's going to bring me over the next, like, week as so I watch it. So what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie is Tangled. Um, Fair enough. Which, like, I wish I was an adult and could tell you, like, oh, it's the Shawshank Redemption. I do like the Shawshank Redemption. But, like, no, my favorite movie is Tangled. That's okay. I think my favorite movie is Blazing Saddles, so. Yeah, but that's, like, an adult movie, at least. It makes you sound, like, mysterious because it's kind of an old movie and, like, a little risque. And It's very risque. It, it's not I, I, uh, I just can't. I cannot get over the, like, comfort watching Tangled is always to me. Um, and every time they do the scene with the lanterns, I could literally just, like, sit back on the couch and let drool come out of the side of my mouth. I'm so happy when I watch it, so. It's Tangled. Um, we also kind of listed some of our kids' favorite uh, TV shows. Right now, Dane is super into Abby Hatcher, Fuzzly Catcher. This is like a really new thing, but it's like the weirdest show he's ever gotten into. It's not that weird. It's just Pokemon, but the Pokemon are 
you know, kind of play schooly friendly. It's got like a we. It's got like weird rule. I mean, that's exactly like Pokemon, right? Like weird rules and like this does this and like he's like describing it all to me and I haven't watched one yet and I'm like, okay. It's <laughs> uh, not. Yeah. We've gone through Paw Patrol, PJ Masks. Uh, Levi likes the most boring show on the planet, um, which is probably very age appropriate um, on Amazon Prime Dino. Not Dino Dana, but we have watched Dino Dana, Dino Dan, and Dino Dan Trucks Adventures. Um, Magic School Bus is one of my favorite ones that Dane really got into. And when he was younger, he was partial to Thomas and Chuggington. Poor Levi doesn't really have like a I taste because Thomas had the Dane longest run. Wins. Thomas and Chuggington had the longest like. I think chugging chunk of their you lives. You say that though, it just felt like that because they were little. Um, but Thomas was a big Thomas was a big thing, and Chuggington was a big thing. Yeah. Um, for movies for the kids, um, I had I just took Dane to see Mary Poppins, so that was fun. Um, kind of to give an extreme of what we have let him watch. Um, he we're reading Harry Potter, and he has watched the Harry Potter movies that we have finished the books of. So that, that could means, be a controversial take. I know. So that means that we've I I'm not sure that I've done the right thing there, but it hasn't. And whatever you know i think like all Sorcerer parenting Stone you have Chamber to know your kid and our kid is not he's not afraid of monsters he's not afraid of ghosts or witches because he you know he'll say oh i'm not you're like oh are you afraid of ghosts no i'm not afraid of ghosts they're not real yeah it's fine are you afraid of witches no i'm not afraid of them they're not real and, but are you he's, afraid when the teacher's mad and then, then he freaks he's out terrified of tension or getting in trouble because <laughs> yeah. he's like the most classic firstborn on the planet uh, um, he, they've seen a lot of Disney movies, uh, like a lot of anime movies, and he just tends to like movies I've noticed with any kind of talking dog. Um, if it's like Air Bud or like, um, he says like he really fixated on the Disney movie Bolt. So he really likes that. And Levi watches movies with us, but again, like doesn't have like a great attention. He's two and a half. Oh, he's, he's almost three. Into, he's just not into movies the way Dane. Yeah. Dane really. Yeah, Dane will lock on, which is a little worrying. Um, he's like a little zombie yeah well they both fell for a little baby bum Ew. and any parents out there who've had kids in the last five to ten years oh yeah no about little, little baby, baby bum, bum. <laughs> the hypnosis um yeah uh and we took dane to see uh zootopia in the theaters before he was two and he sat through the whole thing and like told us about it well, um, up to the tiger jump scare but it, no but he watched it through yeah. like as opposed to he got scared when he was older we went to go see incredibles too and he got too scared to finish it but um so i mean i'm not sure that Zootop i did not realize zootopia was pg until it got a little scary and then i checked on my phone yeah. i was like oh. but, i mean having i guess it was interacting good. with our friends our limits both Content and time wise, I think tend to be pretty moderate, middle of the road. So pretty much all time. of our all of our listeners disagree with us, because um, I think I mean, a lot of I our friends I'm let their kids watch a lot more TV and a lot more um, mature I don't TV think, than oh, we do. I don't think so. I think we're on. I think we're on the high end of. We're on the least restrictive end of content and the more restrictive end of time. Interesting. That would be my take. So what? What are your time restrictions? Okay, so... I my, mean, where do we come down on that? My time restrictions are that TV never gets passively watched in the house. Kids' TV never gets passively watched in the house. I watch passive TV. Um, but even when the kids are with me, I rarely, rarely do. Sometimes at lunch, I will turn on a show for myself. If I need to get something done, um, which happens less and less now that the kids have childcare for the number of hours I work, um, 
I will turn on the TV as a means to achieve whatever I need to get done, but I never turn on the TV um, when I am home uh, just because. Um, other than Sunday mornings, which are special dad time, and we, <laughs> and we, we like to... don't do Saturday morning cartoons. We yeah, don't watch no. any TV we on watch Saturdays. We Sunday morning cartoons, much. though. The boys watch half an hour, 45 minutes of TV every Sunday morning while we eat breakfast. Um, as just a, because Kathleen works Sundays, and so she's gone, and it's just me, and we have special—we get to watch cartoons time. But other than that, yeah, I would agree that passive TV time is—I would say I am—I would let them watch— or have like a, when we're talking about like screen time, he does air quotes on the podcast. Yeah, I would say an unlimited amount of time of interactive screen time. Yeah, and very little time of passive screen time. The for you know that huge Venn diagram of people who want to listen to this podcast and also read Penny Arcade. Um, Penny Arcade is nobody all, reads Penny Arcade. It's two thousand eight nineteen. It's sure. Um, Anyways, it's an online comic, and they're, they're, they have kind of—the people who write it kind of grew up with me. Um, they're about my age, and their kids are about my age, and they they were talking about Never mind. screen time. And, and their take—I really like their take, which was that the idea of equating SpongeBob—sitting and watching SpongeBob should be in the same bucket as, like, ABC Mouse is crazy. I wouldn't let my four-year-old watch cartoons all afternoon, but if he wants his iPad to do coloring or puzzles, that's fine. And if my older kid wants to sit on the couch and watch Ninjago all afternoon, it's not going to happen. But if he wants to play Minecraft with his friends, that's different because I've been into their Minecraft game and I've seen the things they build. I've seen the machines they make and how they work together to create things. And so there are different experiences that are screen time and they deserve different limits. I just think that's a good philosophy of that there are different the, the difference between watching a movie with mom and dad and eating popcorn or just like sitting and watching an hour of cartoons. I think there's a difference. But I was thinking about um, like what we do for TV and movies. My my whole thing and like the first thing I started looking at from scripture was like wasting time and um, which there is plenty of scripture on. But I was like I started reading it. I was like, that's not the reason we limit um TV time and movie time, um, it's because it's it's not interactive. It's very hard to capture in one reading the way that Jesus focuses on relationships. But we know that he is a God of relationships between us and him and a relationship of us to each other. And TV generally is between you and nothing. Um, and so for the time that TV is between you and nothing, it's not valuable and it's not really godly. Now, there are times when the four of us sit down to watch Shrek because Shrek is something that I want to. Sorry, Shrek's a terrible example. The Lion King. <laughs> so the Lion King is something I want. Well, we've literally done Shrek where I wanted to yeah. show it to them, where we sit down and the four of us grab popcorn and I say, like, mommy wants to show you a movie. And we all sit together and we're all touching the whole time and we watch a movie together. And to me, that's relationship building and that's fine. But spending the exact same amount of time of them passively watching TV, it feels like a totally different animal to me. And I think it's that that difference between whether you're in relationship with each other or not. Yeah, I think that's just a that's a better way of saying 
well, you just said what I said, but better, which I think is cheating, um, <laughs> right? That there's different things you can be doing with TV uh, that there's a difference between all of us getting together, watching a movie that we're going to talk about and explain to them. And, you know, while we watch it and then afterwards, we're clearly excited about it too. And afterwards, we're going to talk about it with them. You know, we're going to say, oh, what was your favorite part? What did you like? And learn about them and they'll learn about us. And we're building that relationship with each other. Playing the songs later and like singing them in dance time and like that kind of stuff. As opposed to them watching a show that you've never seen. (laughs) Right. That you don't even pay attention to. It's a means to an end for me to get done what I need to get done. And I think that's okay. Well, gonna, I just have to do it to survive. I know, I know other people. I, I'm yeah. going to give everyone on listening permission to turn the TV on sometimes. Yeah, and no, cause it is live because you've got to live. But and I'm not going to say too that when I say something I need to get done, sometimes it is that, and I really try to limit this that I just need a like legit break, um, which I rarely use it for that purpose. Not because I'm so good, but because it doesn't always work for Levi, and so. Um, so then it's like I'm giving it to Dane, but not getting my break. And that is just not worth it. Yeah. Um, and it, time is one thing. And then content is really hard. Like yeah. what content do we let them use? What kinds of movies? What kinds of TV shows? Because I know some parents would say like, oh, nothing, you know, no sex, no drugs, no rock and roll, no violence. Um. <laughs> I would lean more of like nothing dumb. Oh, so you know, I, I, I there, there are important. Um, my, my limit is that absolutely, if it is bad for their development, um, then they don't watch it. Um, but not. Um, I wouldn't tell them to not watch something because I thought that the characters were acting in a bad way or that they were immoral or that they were, um, that they were doing like, I, I, think, I think it depends on who really the hero, hard. like how the story presents it. Um, well, it's like violence. Uh, I mean, you know, it depends what kind, what for and how graphic, I guess sex is the same way. <laughs> um, well, one of the things that we definitely, I think, agree on is that neither one of us want to um, keep them in some sort of Christian media bubble um, or even uh, shield them from anything that's uh, critical of Christianity or explains other religions or other belief systems. Like, that is nothing that we're going to shield them from. Um, we, I pulled up Romans 12, too. This is the, like... I think this is the ultimate media scripture. Um, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable and what is perfect. And from a parent's perspective, um, it's not my job to shield them from the world so that they're not. It says, do not be conformed to this world. It doesn't say don't experience it. Don't go out and it don't know don't what's there. It. it says, don't be conformed to it. And I think that that it's almost unnecessary to be uh, exposed to it so that you can sort of be inoculated to the things that are actually bad. But also when you experience anything. Right. I mean, Christ is in this world and you can find him everywhere in this world. And when when you grow up in a family that discusses 
movies in a spiritual way, you know, is that, and you do this much better than I do, where you're like, oh, is that what Jesus would want him to do? Is he acting godly? Is he searching, you know, who's, who's looking for God in this, in Paw Patrol, right? Oh, Mayor, you know, the bad guy in Paw Patrol did a bad thing. Why did he do that? What are, you know, no, learning, here's the, learning here's the people. perfect Paw Patrol example. I think it's the Thanksgiving episode where Mayor Goodway says that they're having all of the people that they love over to their Thanksgiving dinner. And then Mayor Humdinger is like, ha, the bad ha, guy. ha. He tries to screw up Thanksgiving dinner, but he, but they thwart him. And then at the end, Mayor Goodway says, you know, Mayor Humdinger, please come to our dinner. And Mayor Humdinger says, but that's just for people that you care about. And she's like, well, we care about you. And that's like the the best Jesus message in the entire world. He like did something wrong, overtly wrong against them in the episode. And she's like, no, just because you tried to hurt us doesn't mean that we're that we don't yeah. love you. And, and it was just like, oh, it's, <laughs> good it's job, Paw Patrol. It's salad on the McDonald's menu. You have to know it's there to look for it. Yeah. Um, but if you and if you as a parent salad help on the your McDonald's kids, menu is not good either. But teach your kids when they're young how to look for those things, how to experience those things, then they. Then they will, when they grow old, it'll be a reflex. They'll look for those things. They'll look for Jesus in, you know, the the secular media. Or like um, me watching, me listening to S-Town, um, which is another like way amazing podcast. By it's the, not quite as good as this one. The producers of Serial. It's a very good, and you listen to it, it's not kid friendly, um, but it is the guy in it. I, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking like the way I'm processing is like, this dude needs Jesus so bad. Like that's all I could think about the whole time because that is how I process things. Even in a secular story put on by people who are not bringing God into it. If your mindset and you teach your kids mindset to always be on how God fits into the picture of the story, then it almost doesn't matter what you're putting in front of them, except for the extent it affects their development. And I don't think we as Christians need to be afraid of secular media. I mean, we have, and it's great. We always win. We have God. God always wins. We have the most powerful thing in the existence on our side. You know, God's not going to be defeated by Animaniacs or a cartoon that people don't, you know, or You would have book. to spend hours trying to convince me that Animaniacs did, is not, like, art created by God's brilliant people. Like, it's so good. Uh, like, that is... Yeah, and it's... And you can find God in it, and... And it's okay. It And... You're also, when you say, like, oh, you can't find God in that beautiful music, you're pushing away people who enjoy that music. You're Mm -hmm. telling them, you're pushing away people who maybe don't have the relationship with God they should. Um, That actually, can I go into our next point? Yeah. Okay, so the next scripture I pulled up was Matthew 28, 16 through 20, which any, um, like, nerdy Christian will know um, is the Great Commission. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. You can't do go and make disciples if you're alienating people by telling them that the good things that they have, that the, the art, Beatles that the, are ungodly. Yes. That, because those, and they weren't, they might not have been the best people, but especially John Lennon, man, they made great music that people really enjoy. 
And maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't. But if you walk up to someone and say, the thing you like is evil. And by the way, you should come join me. And you don't try to find any common ground with yeah, them. Yeah, it... Well, and also, I just think it makes us look afraid. And who wants to join people who well, are afraid of the Beatles? And it's so counter to Jesus's example, right? Jesus's whole ministry. He's looking for the people who are living in the world. And he's reaching those people by not rejecting them, by not s- separating himself. Like, wh- he literally set out and he was like, let me show you exactly what to do. Do not separate yourself from the Samaritan woman. Do not separate yourself from prostitutes. Do not separate yourself from lepers. Like, yeah. Get in there and do the and work. Paul, and by if you St. Paul went and ate, right? He ate non kosher food. He ate food that had been sacrificed on the altar of other gods, which was very much against the rules and not right. That wasn't godly. It's not godly to eat a ram that was sacrificed to Baal. But he was like, it doesn't. I, ball's not real it's like that it's just well cooked steak i don't know where it is but the circumcision scripture it's like it doesn't matter whether or not you're circumcised it matters where your heart is and it's weirdly the same with media like it doesn't matter if it's secular media it doesn't matter if it's like a story that doesn't involve god it matters where your heart is in the process and man i did not think that this podcast was going to come around to circumcision um but but that is the the general idea like we, we talk a lot about like, well, oh, if it's not made by Pure Flix, like, um, then maybe you shouldn't let your kids watch it. And it's like, nope, because um, Pure Flix is going to have a human agenda the same way. Um, well, Game of Thrones is a terrible example. Yeah, I was going to say Sesame Street. But <laughs> Sesame Street would have been yeah, a better one. <laughs> not, even Christian media isn't, quote unquote, Christian media isn't perfect. And it misses the mark and you still have to sit it's down very far from perfect when you're watching veggie tales you still have to sit down you can't just let your kid passively watch that you have to sit down with them and, and talk about what did they learn where did they you know what was the lesson there who was the good guy and the bad and it's I, the same thing you're watching superman you watch superman you say okay what can my child learn from this even the way you just put it though that that was kind of like my third point is i actually think it's bad to look at any story and look at it as simply as who's the bad guy, who's the good guy, even with a four-year-old, that's not the way to look at it. Because I think when you make a judgment that certain characters are the good guys and certain characters are the bad guys, that's very not Christian in the sense that like, it's not my job to sit there and determine who the bad guy is and who the good guy is. And, um, you know, Dane asks me a lot when we're reading, is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? And I can be like, you know, Lord Voldemort's a bad guy because like he's been pretty clear that he doesn't have any redemption in mind. And I know because I've read the series that he doesn't ever get redeemed. Spoiler alert. Um, But like generally, I try to like explain every character, like why they do what they do and that, you know, they have they just don't think it's our job to determine who's a good guy and who's a bad guy for the kid. That's an excellent point. And I think teaching our children and teaching ourselves, reminding ourselves that there aren't good, good guys and bad guys. There's just people and people are people. Some, some really good people make bad decisions and some people who maybe don't have the heart of generosity and kindness that they should sometimes do really good things. Well, and because people are always people. We're all kind of short sighted and selfish literally since the beginning. I would say that on a weekly basis, Dane asks me, why does Jesus like bad guys? And every time I have to answer, there really aren't bad guys and good guys. It just doesn't work that way. But like kids' minds are already so into that 
good good and evil dichotomy yeah. that they can't see well, the you know and so like we that are all we, sinful and have fallen short yes <laughs> and i and i point that out it's like, it's always about like well we all make mistakes you make mistakes mommy makes mistakes we all do bad things and it's not our place to determine who's bad and good and i think we can do that in um the way we treat media and i think that that is a mistake as well um before we move on from the topic completely i did have a little game and it was for each one of us to come up. I think we should pick a TV show or a movie um, for the other person to explain the gospel through that media. All right. Well, I have a softball for you. Oh. I thought of a movie that I think is a ton of fun and a little quirky. But ultimately, I think the lesson in it is a very Christian lesson. So can you please preach to me the Christian gospel of the Emperor's New Groove? Okay, so Cusco is a mess of a human being, the like easy definition of sinner. He literally like subordinates people, exploits people, is all about material things and all about himself. Um, he is, there's like a literal Bible story that it sounds a lot like. It's, it sounds like Nebuchadnezzar being turned into the beast um, in Babylon, um, where he literally becomes an animal that's unidentifiable from where he is. Um, but then he also kind of has a, um, Pacha has, we would like fought forever about how to say his name, but I'm pretty sure it's Pacha comes along. And I think the best way to describe, um, what's really going on is that he changes, um, Cusco, not through, um, force, even though a lot of the times he has the opportunity to use leverage against him. Um, he literally is a llama. He could have just killed him. He could have left him for dead, but instead he continued to love him and care for him. And what ultimately changed Cusco's heart and what ultimately brought Cusco around to being a loving, changed person was through love. Um, and so I think that's the, um, he's absolutely totally redeemed by, well, I mean, he's redeemed in the end by the, any, the way any of us are redeemed through baptism of the spirit. But um, he's redeemed through Pacha's loving actions and not through force. Yeah. All right. What do you got? OK, so your TV show, I'm going to say TV show, even though actually I don't know it as well as movies, but it, obviously you, you can pick between movie and TV. Teenage Ooh, Mutant okay. Ninja Turtles. OK, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. All right, I can do this. No problem. The Ninja Turtles are people who people they are mutant <laughs> Ninja amphibians turtles, yes. um who reptiles would never be accepted by people and who would never be taken in they are other, they are the definition of other and yet they spend their time their talents and their energies going out protecting people helping people as best they can with what they have. It's a message of sacrificing, Caring, yeah, taking care of neighbor, those who don't know you. Loving your neighbor for the sole purpose of doing it because it's good yeah. and not because you're going to get anything for it. A non-transactional exactly. love. That's what I think Ninja Turtles is all about. Now we're going to move on to our next segment. So that came up. And for that, we're going to pass it off to yeah. Joel. All right. So my that came up. Requires just a little bit of background in that there is, at our church, um, a wonderful couple who are a little older than us, but don't have kids, don't want kids. Um, <laughs> I okay, now I know what the story they're, is. They're really nice to our kids, but they're not like kids people. They don't volunteer for children's ministry, right? Um, and so 
the wife was greeting. She was a greeter out 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 in the parking lot of our church, and our four year old uh, was running away from me, in and I was yelling at him, "Stop! Stop!" And so about three feet in front of her, maybe four feet in front of her, he finally stopped. <laughs> and he stops dead in his tracks, and his the little string that held his sweatpants up had come untied. And when he stopped, the jolt of that made his pants just fall straight down. And he's standing there. Hold on, you need to give like a slight bit of background, which is that um, one of the uh, hard adjustments during the potty training period was adding underwear to the equation. Oh, I was getting there. Okay. He's not wearing anything. He is ankle, pants around the ankles and nothing, just waist down, just <laughs> flapping in the wind. And um, I thought she was going to die laughing because he then was trying, he couldn't get his pants up by himself because he was trying to continue to run because he wanted to get to the playroom. And it was just, it was great, and it was so weird, and it's the kind of thing that only happens with kids. Yeah, I will say something that, like, I wish were not true, but teaching them to keep themselves private is really important for their, like, safety when it comes to abuse and that kind of stuff. But the stories, I know, but the stories of when they're just naked out in public (laughs) are just the best. So that one was an accident, and there you go. All right, do you want to pray us out? I think you should pray us out. All right. Let's pray. Dear God, uh, thank you for making us creative and interesting creatures, not just thoughtless robots, but but interesting, entertaining people who who come up with stories for each other and who, who come up with art for each other to, to help us learn about you through each other and learn about each other through our art. And thank you for just making this wonderful, interesting world for us to learn about and all these wonderful things for us to watch and listen to. But help us make sure to find you in everything and not lose track of what's important, even while we're having fun and learning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week. But even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.